Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Arlo. I'm Kelly. And you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul. A podcast about everything from the peculiar, the curious, to the bizarre. So join us as we obsess over ghosties and shit. Did you say ghosties and shit? Hell yeah, I did. Okay, you guys, shit's about to get real. So we're back for another episode, and uh, Kelly's feeling much better. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> she lives, you guys. She lives. Mm-hmm. I was, my voice was really hoarse last week. Mm. I, at some points, I could barely talk. I'm so glad I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah, you know, my partner was also sick, too. So it's Halloween. So it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Halloween stuff. It's my favorite time of year. I know. It's finally here and I don't want it to leave. It might be Christmas coming up in the next several months, but I'm going to celebrate Halloween-mas. Nice. <laughs> that is actually Christmas ween. Christmas-ween. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Sounds kind of nasty. It does. <laughs> Ooh, oh, so you're dating a guy and his name's Chris? <laughs> Christmas ween? Okay. <laughs> You're getting a present this Christmas. Ooh, that's my dick in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I had to. You set me up. Uh, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on to some more wholesome stuff. We took the baby to a pumpkin farm. Ooh. Yeah. It was like 30 minutes away from the city, okay? And you know me, I'm a city person. Anytime I go anywhere where there's no cell service, I get a little bit weird, especially with a toddler. Because I am I like, I go to all my danger points. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? How can I get help? You know what I mean? Right. But then at the same time, it's like gravel road. It is quiet as fuck out there. No cell service. And it feels kind of good to just like get away from the city for a little bit. Very true. And it was free. <laughs> That's the best part. Okay, free is my middle name. If I don't have to pay for it, I am down. Mm-hmm. So we bought pumpkins and stuff, and we took some really cute pictures, and we did the whole family thing, and it was awesome and so fucking wholesome. My heart was like pounding joy. Still oh. kind of is. It's great stuff. I haven't been to a pumpkin patch this year. I want to go so bad. Here's the thing, though. I... I am super allergic to everything at a pumpkin patch. I'm so allergic to hay. It happens. That's life. That's life, or that's what the people say, I guess. <laughs> All right, so this is our Halloween episode, and we're going to make it kind of fun. Like, this is going to be a long one. Oh, yeah, it is. Crazy, long one. We have but a we love crazy of- and long. Just- <laughs> I'm not editing that out. Okay. <laughs> We've got a lot of big stuff. (laughs) Big, long stuff. Big, long stuff that's great. Girthy stuff. (laughs) That's my dick in a box. Okay. (laughs) Back to Halloween. (laughs) Halloween-y. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about some Halloween costumes we've had in our past. So one of the earliest costumes I remember that weren't you know typical kid costumes i was a crayon one year a crayola crayon oh 
and my sisters were too. I don't know if that's just what was popular at the time, because I do remember seeing other kids maybe at the mall with them on. Because back in the day, you could go to the mall and you did like a trunk or treat at every single store. Uh, my mom would take us to the thrift stores, and I always hated going to the thrift store as a kid because I was like, I want new stuff like every other kid in my class and stuff. Yeah. Now I love it. There's something about going thrifting that's just calming mm-hmm. and. There, there's some weird joy I get about getting something old and converting it into something new for myself. Yeah, I totally agree. I like the idea of like searching for something. Yeah. And when I find something that I like, I, it makes me want to search more. And then I just keep going and I'm like, ah, it's such an addiction for me. <laughs> <laughs> so this one particular time we went to the thrift store to get a costume and I could not find anything that I liked. So do you know what my mother dressed me up as? Oh, what? A hobo. I was a hobo. Mom, I love you, but what the fuck? <laughs> I had like a plaid button up on. Mm-hmm. And then like I had, I had the tip. I think my face was dirty. <laughs> I might have had like a bandana around my neck and stuff like that. And then one time I was a witch and my mom, she put baby powder in my hair. And my hair was like huge. And I was like, I feel good. I feel great. <laughs> I feel really spooky. Like who can I spook tonight? <laughs> that's awesome what about you um i okay i only dressed up as one thing i really remember um Mm -hmm. the one time my mom actually let me dress up for anything and it's not it's not pc to dress up as this anymore and it's not okay Okay. because cultures are not a costume um they're not no so not a character or a costume nope they sure aren't so my mom had me dress up as a little Native American girl. Like Pocahontas? Uh, yes, but like more generic. Okay, but, what did you wear? Uh, and- she had my hair in braids, which I guess I am partly Native American according to my mom, but that doesn't, we're white. We're, we are primarily white. We right. have lost any semblance of Native American in our history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so as an adult knowing the consequences of doing stuff like that i don't feel the okay with it right the appropriation of it that is not okay right let me just first and foremost say that mm-hmm. but i had my hair in braids i had some moccasins i had some um like a cute little brown top to go with it it was kind of frilly and i think i had some frilly pants to go with it uh damn yeah anyway when I became an adult, the only other costume I've really worn was a uh, was a witchy costume. Ooh, that was fun. Little witchy woman. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I just remembered something that my husband dressed up as, and I might ask you to take this out when we edit, <laughs> okay. um, depending on what he says. But mm-hmm. I think it was for Thanksgiving. My mother-in-law dressed him up <laughs> uh-huh. as. A corn on the cob. Ooh, nice. And there are pictures. I haven't gotten them yet, but I have seen it. Oh my god, okay. Uh-huh. It's just as good as it sounds. Girl, we're using this as blackmail. <laughs> How much money do you want? Like, we're doing that. It's wonderful. So my partner just texted me about the costumes that they've had. Uh, and stuff like... A hillbilly, bumblebee, and Davy Crockett. I could, honestly, I could see him as Davy Crockett. 
straight up. <laughs> he just looks like a Davy Crockett kit. I can see that. I can see him pulling <laughs> off Davy Crockett. <laughs> oh my God. So speaking of corn as a Halloween costume, we got to talk about candy corn. So many people have beef with uh, candy corn and I have no fucking clue why. I hate candy corn. I do. I am one of those people. Mm-hmm. It just tastes like straight up sugar. And there's a lot of sugar in candy corn. There is. Absolutely. But it just tastes wrong. I don't know why. Well. But no one doesn't taste strong. Those little candy pumpkins. I'm here to like burst your bubble. I bet they're just made out of the same thing. Same thing. That's fine. Uh. But they're wrong because it's <laughs> not pumpkins. No, they're, they're literally. Okay. Let me school you. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's talk about some candy corn. Okay. So candy corn consists of three different flavors. You've got vanilla, Mm -hmm. honey, and butter. But to burst your bubble here, those little tiny orange pumpkins with the green tops are literally the same flavor. The only difference is that they are colored differently. They add green to it and orange. The (laughs) green and orange taste better? I don't know why, because they're literally the same thing. It's because it's a pumpkin, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also, okay, so back in the day, like 1890s, Candy corn was originally called chicken feed. That's kind of cute, though. Right? Because, I mean, uh, trick-or-treating wasn't quite what it is now. And I assume kids are like, I don't want to eat chicken feed. So they, you know, changed it to candy corn. I bet parents probably got confused. (laughs) Probably. And (laughs) we're like, why would I give my kid chicken feed? Who wants that? (laughs) It's healthy, mom. It's healthy. I swear. (laughs) (laughs) And also, they haven't changed their recipe since the 1890s. Holy crap. It has been the same from day one. You know, I wonder if I don't like it because of the texture of it, because of the, like, the outside coating is, yeah, and there's more of that, feel like, on the little candy corns than the pumpkins. So maybe even though they're the same flavor, their process might be slightly different, but they are the same flavor. They are the same thing. They have the same wax coating used in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe it's just your brain being like, this is cuter to eat, so it tastes better. It could be. <laughs> it absolutely couldn't be, but I love the pumpkins. I personally like the pumpkins too. I like them both, man. I want chicken feed and I want pumpkins. I want them both. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also, did you know that... Uh, chicken feed like the candy corns they were not a halloween candy it was just something that they created for everyone all the time oh and then in the 1940s whenever that stuff became popular trick-or-treating and stuff like that that's when they decided to dedicate it only to halloween i can see that it seems like a very old candy yeah like classics yeah a few weeks ago, my daughter and I, we went to Target and we saw that they had Halloween peeps and I nearly lost my mind because peeps fucking suck. Here's the they, thing. Oh my God, you, you like peeps, don't you? When you Son warm it bitch. up in the microwave, they're just marshmallows. <laughs> I, you know, I think that's my thing is I'm not a marshmallow person at I all. love marshmallows. Have you ever put it on like um, a s'mores thing? It's not bad. I haven't, but you know what? It's the marshmallow and the sugar that's... <clears throat> I don't even like cotton candy and it's right up there with cotton candy. Oh, I don't like cotton yucky, candy either. Yucky, yucky, yucky. But if I warm it up in the microwave for a little bit, it's not too bad. I won't just eat it out of the box. I can't do that. Yeah. Baby, if you're listening and you like peeps, um, I'm changing the locks. So (laughs) you ain't coming home. Not with that pee-pee shit. (laughs) That's my dick in a box. 
<laughs> That's the theme today, not Halloween. No. Penises. <laughs> Peni. <laughs> Peepees. <laughs> Hold on. My cat's meowing. I have to go get her. Okay. All right, so now we got your cattle taken care of, the sweet little angel baby. Yes, we did. Back to Halloween candy. <laughs> okay, so Reese's, the company Reese's, not Reese's. I will slap you if you say Reese's. <laughs> Let me ask you, is it Reese's or Reese's? It's Reese's. Oh my God, thank you. So Reese's came out with some Halloween chocolates and they have these like Franken cups. It's like mint colored on the bottom. Exactly what you think it would be. Oh, okay. Fucking Awesome. And then Reese's always makes pumpkins every year, like little Reese's pumpkins. I love the Reese's pumpkins. And then I just found out they make ghosts, white chocolate ghosts for Reese's. Fuck, I need it. (laughs) My favorite Halloween candies are probably Reese's pieces. So fucking good. Hey, Reese's, if you want to sponsor us, we are willing and ready. I would be so happy to sponsor Reese's. Um... Snickers, those are really good. Those little bite sizes that you get in their Halloween candy. I'm not a big like Snickers fan. Not really into like nutty stuff, not even in my ice cream. So one of my other favorite Halloween candies is sweet tarts. Well, you are what you eat and you're a little sweet tart. Definitely the tart part. No, just <laughs> She's a little to let. Honestly, I'd rather be a tart than a peep. So uh, Reese's, if you're out there listening, please sponsor us. Let's do this. <laughs> We will eat all of your candy as payment. Not not, not for real, but we will. I mean, yeah. Well, Sounds yeah. great. That would be great. Yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> Give me all the Reese's. Should we move on with the show? Should we actually start the show? This is not the show. This is just yeah, the just, intro. This is just us talking. <laughs> it's just us, like, shooting the shit. That yeah. we're, like, you know, our favorite holiday fucking ever. Oh, Aside right. from Christmas. I do like Christmas. So, before we go on, what is your favorite Halloween movie? Okay, so I went back and listened to a few episodes we've done prior, and we were talking about what are our favorite Halloween, non-Halloween movies, and I told you, like, The Wizard of Oz, Yeah. right? Have you ever seen Return to Oz with Farusa Bulk? I don't think so. It is supposed to take place six months after The Wizard of Oz, and it's creepy, and we watched it the other day. Pretty fucking awesome. You should watch it. I think I saw clips of it. I think I have seen bits and pieces. So good. It's not whimsical like the original Wizard of Oz, but it's like kind of dark and more realistic. Not as fantastical. It still has its own like magical aspect to it. So is that your favorite Halloween movie? No, but I wanted to update everyone (laughs) that we had watched The Return to Oz and uh, highly recommended for sure. Okay. I'm going to have to put that on my list. Yeah. So what would be your favorite Halloween movie? You know, I, I can't really pick a favorite. What's your top five? Obviously, Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as it has to be. Okay, got Casper. So from the 90s with Christina Ricci and Devon Sawa. What a fucking hunk. <laughs> <laughs> Beetlejuice. Right. Beetlejuice. I love that one a lot. Beetlejuice. I love that one a lot. Sorry, you got to say his name three times. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking rude. <laughs> Maybe we didn't want to summon him. We didn't want to summon his ghost. Who doesn't want to summon him? (laughs) Practical magic. That's a good one. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Alice Hoffman. She wrote Practical Magic and then like the two books that follow that. So there's three books in the in the series. Oh yeah. Um so far. 
And what, is, what would be the fifth one? Um, I watch a lot of spooky stuff. Maybe not a movie, but I do love the Goosebumps series. Yes. You know what? <laughs> and Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'm going to count that because as a movie because mm. Goosebumps is priceless. And they also have several movies in the Goosebumps. like The anthology? Yeah. In yeah. the anthology. Yeah. <laughs> Arl Stein, we love you. Hey, Arl Stein, if you want us to, you if you know, want to sponsor, sponsor us, us, we can promote all your stuff, right? So we'll be over here mm-hmm. talking about all your books and stuff with chocolate stained on our face because we're also going to be sponsored by Reese, Reese's, right? And it's going to be great. I'm going to relive my childhood. This is going to be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> I love the feeling that you get from feeling nostalgia from the happy moments of your childhood or the moments that you didn't have that you're now recreating as an adult. It's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. What about you, Kelly? What are your tops? (laughs) Well, let's see. Give me a second. This is really hard. It is hard. Okay, I'm going to steal a couple of yours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Goosebumps. Mm -hmm. Still in that one. Hocus Pocus. Dope. Beetlejuice. Sweet. Love it. Every year. Every year. Um, Every single year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of my favorites is also Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Have you ever seen it? No, I have not. Even my husband will watch it with me, and he hates scary movies. Mm-hmm. That is a movie he'll watch. It. It's basically like a... You know how Scream makes fun of horror movies? Yeah. And, um, and like scary movie. Scary movie yeah. makes fun of horror movies. The Wayans Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just like that. And it makes yeah. fun of Cabin in the Woods. Okay. So it's very similar to Cabin Fever. Okay. It, it makes fun of it. It's such a good movie. So that's my fourth uh, is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. My fifth. You know, I have to go with Nightmare Before Christmas. It's one of the classics for me. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of my childhood. Um, oh, or Edward Scissorhands. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I have them both, but I love them both. Everything's over-exaggerated. Yeah. I just, I just love it. What about Sleepy Hollow? Sleepy Hollow's good. You know what? I just got that on VHS at the thrift store. Oh, really? Um, we might be watching that real soon. So going back to The Nightmare Before Christmas, I am not into that movie. I think my younger self might have been. But I think I outgrew it. I think it's too childlike for me. Um, I don't don't know what my beef is with that movie. I don't know what your beef is with that movie either. Leave Nightmare Before Christmas (laughs) alone. Hey, if you you like it, that's your thing. (laughs) Not my thing. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah. But I do like Edward Scissorhands a lot. I feel kind of sad for him at the end. Yeah. When the whole town kind of gangs up on him and stuff. Yeah. Bitches. Yeah. Fucking suburban bitches. <laughs> Fuck you. Mm-hmm. In the movie. In the movie. Yeah. Should we uh, move on? Uh, yeah. Should we give them what they want? <laughs> what they really, really want? Tell you what I want. What I really, really want. I want to. I want to. I want to move on to yeah. this episode. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get into it, shall we? I'm ready. I'm going to start first. Uh, we're going to tell each other some scary stories. Uh, it's going to be great. Very Halloween-ish. Yeah. Very, uh, <laughs> very with the vibe. With the, vi- with the vibe. With the essence. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so I did some digging in Reddit. Okay, so this is where I got a lot of my information. I do have some stories about my personal life that kind of tie into your story, which will be very interesting. Here we go. So you know me, and you know I've been working in the medical field for several years now. And hospitals are just haunted. That is a fact. Whether you believe it or not, a lot of stuff happens. Specifically, the hospital I work in is a Catholic hospital. I think they all kind of have their religion base, but this one is specifically Catholic. Mm -hmm. So from time to time, you'll see like priests and nuns in the hallways and stuff. And immediately I'm like, oh, sorry, sister here, take the elevator. Like, let me carry you on my back to where I need it. Because, you know, you just kind of put those people at a higher standard, even though I'm not religious. I tend to do that in the back of my mind. And you know, those priests and nuns, they will actually bless the floors. Like we had one floor specifically, I won't tell you what floor it is because people who know me outside of this podcast know where I work. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so one of the floors had to be blessed by the nuns and priests and stuff. So I thought, because we do a lot of construction around the hospital all the time, Maybe that floor was going under some reconstruction and that they wanted to bless like good tidings for the year. Right. Trying to set down like a healthy um, mentality for everyone. Right. With this new building. Moving forward with that. That is not the case. It was because they were seeing things and patients were seeing things on the floor that were scaring them. The patients, the families, the nurses, the techs, anyone who works on that specific floor. Mm-hmm. They were seeing a doctor that had passed away previously. They weren't sure if he was on that floor, but he had been a doctor in the hospital. Yeah. Huh. So they did a blessing of the entire floor, which is so creepy because you don't think, because when you think about hospital, your first thought isn't like about ghosts. Right. It's usually about health. You know, life and die. It's it's about those basic human things that everyone goes through. Everyone will fall victim to those things. Oh, shit. Your coffee pot is trying to get in our podcast. It sure is. It's making its (laughs) debut. She's like, I'm here. Listen to me now. (laughs) So you don't automatically go there that hospitals are haunted. But the more you think about them, the more you realize how haunted they are. And they have to be blessed by spiritual leaders happens quite a bit yeah uh, the unit does. that i work in we will have a blessing just to you know rule out any negative energy and for good tidings and for a good year because we just had a reconstruction mm-hmm. in our unit so this prompted me to look up stories that nurses had that they told on reddit i had heard through the grapevine from several different people about the children in the hospital now i don't know if this is a fact or not but there have been many cases where people have come forward, even on Reddit, nurses who have claimed that patients hear children at some point in time, maybe when they're on their deathbed, they're on hospice, they're palliative care, whatever it is, yeah. they talk about the children. I had a boss previously at this same hospital, a few floors up in the ICU. It used to be a children's ICU. Mm-hmm. And she spoke about how many of the patients spoke about the children in the hallways or the children laughing in their rooms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like to this day, I honestly don't know why that happens. And, and it's not just that it was a, a child's ICU unit. It happens pretty much every hospital. It does. Not just hospitals either. I've known, I know a lot of people that work in healthcare, and I do too. But I mean, it happens in nursing homes, especially. Right. Yes. Happens a lot in nursing homes. I think I have a story about a nursing home. 
get into that one too. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's just what I was going to say. It happens way more than you think. Right. Like before I got into healthcare, I didn't think about this either until I experienced some stuff and it just kind of made me pause and kind of like, oh, this is something that happens everywhere. The children in the hospitals. My partner, I hope he's okay with me telling this story. Um, his grandfather had passed away in a hospital, not the one that I work at, but one in the town or in the city. We have several hospitals in the city. So one night we were talking about like spooky stuff and I was telling him about the stories that my boss had been telling us about the children on the floors. And he, he was kind of like taken aback and he was like, oh, that makes sense because that happened to my grandfather. And his dad, my partner's dad, thought that it was just him seeing things on his deathbed. Didn't even think that there was any relation, that maybe he was just out of his mind, right? He was leaving the earth, leaving this plane. And so my partner was like, oh my God, like that makes sense. And that it wasn't just like an isolated event with his grandfather, but that it does happen quite a bit surrounding death. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a few stories about some nurses who have experienced this exact thing. Are you ready? I am. Are you feeling kind of spooky? I'm ready to get spooked. (laughs) Get spooky. (laughs) Wow. This first story was submitted three years ago, and the user is glorified pill pusher. (laughs) 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 I don't know if this person's male or female, but you're right. I'm not a nurse, but I can only assume. Yeah. When I was a nurse assistant, we had room 73 on the ortho floor that was haunted by small children. On numerous occasions, patients in these rooms would hit the call light and ask us to come get these kids out of our room. One night, a patient called out and asked me to shut his door because there were kids laughing in the hallway. It was in the middle of the night and no kids were out on our floor. I just apologized and then I shut the door. Ten minutes later, he calls and asks to get the little girl in his room out because she was at the foot of his bed. I went in there and he said that she was gone, but she had been staring at him. And this person goes on to say that these things have happened several times in the three years that that nurse or whomever worked there. Here's another story that was submitted 11 years ago and it's by the user I am Suki Stuckhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Right up our alley, man. Yeah, it is. Just right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law had been a CNA for 15-ish years. And like many new CNAs, one of her first jobs was at a nursing home for the elderly. Soon before patients at the nursing home passed, they would complain about the children outside being noisy. In the dead of night. There were also patients that would comment on the children playing outside their window in the daytime, when clearly there were no children outside. And this person goes on to say she had plenty of other weird stories, but this one was one of the favorites that this user liked to hear because they are so strange. You know, you think of children, they're so innocent. Like, why would they be, you know, you wonder why would they be around people that are dying and stuff like that, you know? Right. Now that you say that, it makes me think of like all the stories I've heard of these hauntings with little children in them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most of those, I believe at least... I feel like demons come as children just because they are innocent and you let your guard down with kids. Absolutely. They're, they're kind of non-threatening. Yeah. In a way. Right. Or they're supposed to be. A lot of the times when you see those little kids, it's like, oh God, what the, what the hell is that? You know? Like maybe I did make it to a better place. Right. Or a better place is coming for me when it's probably not. Right. You don't I know. I don't know. 
you don't know what the hell that is, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if anyone else has any, if you have any theories about what these kids might be, let us know or if you've seen them or if you've had loved ones seen them, mm-hmm. please email us and let us know. Yeah. Crazyhexsequel at gmail.com. Yep. We would really like to hear from you guys about that or just really anything, I guess. <laughs> we really, if you want to tell us what you ate for breakfast, that's fine too. But <laughs> how much candy corn did you eat today? We need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You have any other stories? I do. I've got a few actually. So, so I just wanted to tell you the kid's story first because that one to me, first of all, we don't know the answer, but it happens so frequently that you cannot say that it doesn't. Like you. You, you can't just shake it off that nothing is happening there. Right. There is a, a connect there between all these people who don't even know each other. Completely different parts of the world sharing these exact same experiences. Right. Crazy. Even if it is just common human psychology that we mm-hmm. just don't understand yet even. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something that, because there's no reason. Yeah. It connects so many people. So many people have stories about this. Yeah, it's true. Um, especially in our field of care. Absolutely, too. for sure. Yeah. Spooky. Mm-hmm. She's so spooky. <laughs> the other day I was like, ooh, that's so spooky dooky. And my partner was like, what'd you just say? And I was like, spooky dooky. And he was like, like a creepy shit or something. <laughs> I was like, no, it's a playoff of creepy deepy, like spooky dookie. It's supposed to be like, God, <laughs> I can't explain it, but in my mind, it makes sense. Okay, it do, it do. It it works out though. You it does. unintentionally created a it pun. Do. It do. <laughs> it's spooky dookie. It's a very scary piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been haunted by a piece of shit before? Actually, I have. I have been haunted by a piece of shit, and here's the story. I assume you guys all want to know about the shit. I want to (laughs) know. This goes back to the ladies I work with. Hey, guys. One day after work, all three of us, we were walking to the parking garage, you know. We opened the door to the stairs that goes down into the parking garage. Immediately. What the fuck is that smell? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, One of us was like, it smells like literal shit. And, you know, it's outside, and it's... You never know. That that stairwell's really hot sometimes. You don't know what is in there. That's true. So we're walking, la, la, la. So unexpectedly, see this gigantic turd at the bottom of the stairs. And all of us are just like, oh, holy shit. Like, literally, what? How, okay, first of all, how did that poo-poo get there? <laughs> <laughs> Who put it there? Because that thing was massive. Okay. <laughs> and this was, I don't know... <laughs> six months ago maybe weird maybe not that long but it was several months ago yeah and none of us thought to take a picture of it right because this thing was just you see poop you do this one was like could not have been real oh no it was some spooky shit literally (laughs) so (laughs) we all say the next morning we're gonna we, we go into work we're gonna take a picture of the shit right it's gone so pissed because it's the poop that got away and we'll never know anything about this poop. Mm-hmm. And all three of us will be bound by this poop. This is the poop that brought us together, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so mysterious. And I, <laughs> I, I was joking. Uh, I was like, so on my deathbed, I want to know the secrets of life 
first, okay? And then I want to know who fucking laid that fucking deuce in the stairwell. Like, I need to know the story behind the deuce. What you could do. (laughs) And I'm just throwing ideas out here. But on your deathbed, you could have one of your close friends lay a deuce in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) So then the cycle continues on. (laughs) Okay, to all my friends out there, please don't shit on me. Okay. (laughs) I'm not into that shit. No. Not into that shit. No, they can just lay it down in a stairwell and the cycle will live on through you. But that's just creepy. I don't want them to shit on me or shit on my bed when I'm dying or at the at the in a stairwell, you know, like <laughs> I just want to know like I just want to know what happened to that person. Are they doing Who okay? Was it? I, we honestly so many question marks. It's if, a spooky dookie. If this has happened to you, are you doing okay? I mean, I don't think anyone would ever admit that. That's true. Well, if they email us, they can email us from anonymously. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just just tell us, hey, I laid that nasty, gnarly shit. Yeah, again, crazyhexyghoul at gmail.com. It, yes, and it looked like a snake. That's all I'm going to say. It was very spooky. It was a spooky dookie. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs> I, You know, I had a feeling that this story would make its way into the podcast somehow. Uh, because it so deserves to be known publicly. Like the shit that got away. <laughs> Oh, thank you guys for putting up with us because that's some crazy shit. Back to my stories. This story comes from the Reddit user Chafing the Dream. Chafing the Dream. Not Chasing the Dream, but Chafing the Dream. This was four days ago. This just, just happened. My young patient came in from an emergent appendectomy and was placed in room 326. The room that was rumored to be haunted. Uh-oh. I was doing my hourly rounds at night, and I peeked my head into his room to make sure he was still breathing. He was awake, and I asked if he needed anything. He said, no, the other nurse got me the water thing. I did want to mention, though, I thought it was a little weird, but she sat in the chair in the corner and watched me while I laid in bed. After a while, I asked her to leave because I wanted to sleep. I said I thought it was strange and that the staff shouldn't be sitting in his room. I asked what the nurse looked like, and he said... Oh, she had white scrubs on with white shoes, but it was dark, so I couldn't really see her face. I didn't think much of it, as he'd gotten pain meds during the night and brushed it off as something related to the pain meds. Before my next hourly rounds, I hear someone screaming and see the call light go on for room 326. I run down the hall and see the patient cowering in the corner of his bed, shaking his face white as a ghost. He said the nurse in white had come back into his room, sat in the chair in the corner, and then started floating over his bed, (gasps) wrapped her hands around his neck and shaking him. Oh my gosh. (laughs) At that point, he started screaming and she floated away. I didn't want to believe that he had just experienced this, but I got chills down my spine. I got chills too, because that's scary. You're in a hospital. You already don't feel good. This guy got his appendix taken out. <laughs> right? He's on some meds. He's not sure what's happening. Right. Um, he has to rely on these uh, nurses to take care right. of him because he can't take care of himself right exactly. now. And then something comes out of the blue and starts <laughs> shaking you. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to peace out. Yeah. I tried to calm the patient down and blame it on the pain meds, uh, recent surgery, and being in a strange environment, but neither he nor I were buying it. 
he refused to stay in that room for the rest of the night. I settled him in a room across the hall and he did not have any further visits from the nurse in white. When everything had settled down, I explained what happened to my coworkers. The majority listened on the edge of their seats, but a few chuckled, unfazed by the haunting my patient had gone through. Which that happens a lot. People, like when you tell them stories that have happened at work, like ghosty stories, they right. really don't want to hear it. Right. They brush it off because they don't want to think that happened. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you must have imagined it. Right. Exactly. Because it freaks you out if it's that's in a place mm-hmm. you're in all the time. Yep. And you're overnights and right. you're just tired. You've been up all night. Um, they said, oh, that's just Nancy. She used to work here many years ago, but passed away at the hospital just last year in room 326. <gasps> oh, my gosh. She comes back every now and then to finish her shift. Okay, I'm sorry, but why Why was Nancy doing that to the guy? What had, what had Nancy done in her past? Is there any correlation to what, okay. what's happening? So here's the thing. If you're a nurse... Like, if you're a nurse and your patient isn't waking up or something, it's not uncommon to shake them a little bit. Try to wake them up, see if they're okay. So you think maybe she was trying to save his life? Maybe. Maybe she thought he was in distress or he was in trouble and just trying to check on him. Yeah, and you know, sometimes certain pain meds can make you uh, have shallow breathing or your heart will slow down. You know, you go bradycardic. That's true. That's really true. Maybe maybe something was happening and he needed to wake up. Maybe. Okay, Nancy, we see you. Yeah. Did you like that one? I really like that one. I have chills everywhere. <laughs> I know, me too. One. I'm like, it's kind of chilly in your house because it's like 50 degrees outside. Yeah. Okay, and look, wanna... this bitch wore sandals today. Why? Arlo, why did you fucking wear sandals? If you want a blanket, by the way, I can go get one. I have plenty of blankets. That's sweet. I know you got tons of blankets. Mm-hmm. How's that blanket going that you said you were uh, crocheting? Um... <laughs> Don't be embarrassed if you didn't do anything because, like, it's cool. No, I, cool. I have a couple inches crocheted. I hey, just, that's something, though. It is. I've been really busy, okay? I've started <laughs> classes and I've you been... You just started, got over being sick. Yep. Yeah, I started totally. a new job. Mm-hmm. It's It's been stressful, okay? It's a thing. It it's is. It's a thing. But it's coming along. So. <laughs> Are you ready for this next story? This next story got me. It got me. I'm ready. Okay, so this story I got off of a website. Um, I think it was from Twitter. It was a repost from Reddit, and it didn't have the person's uh, username. It was uh, submitted anonymously. When I was 37, I went to my high school reunion. I flew into the nearest airport and rented a car. The distance was about 35 miles through a very rural and almost abandoned part of the country. About three miles outside of town, I see someone on the side of the road flagging me down. It turned out that it was one of the guys I had attended high school with, Jim. Jim's not his name. He, it's just a Generic, fake name. Yeah. yeah. Jim gets into the car and we start talking. I had not seen him in 20 years, but he still looked the same, but maybe a little bit older. We get to town and I ask him if he wants to come to the VFW and have a drink. He says, no, just take me home. Jim's parents had lived only a few blocks from my grandmother's house, and I turned that direction, but he said to take him to the outskirts of town. There was a mobile home park out there, and I figured that is where he lived. When we reached the end of the turnoff, he said, just drop me here. It was good to see you again, and he just walks off into the night. I get to the VFW, meet some of my old classmates, and we start to talk. As we are talking about who is coming to the reunion, I mentioned that I had just picked up Jim three miles east of town and had dropped him off. 
Everyone gets quiet. Even the guy singing karaoke stops and he lays down the mic. My cousin goes as white as a new t-shirt. Barb, Jim died on that curve eight years ago. He rolled his car and we were all at his funeral. Oh my God. I started to feel really dizzy and I went out to the car to take some deep breaths. There on the seat is the local newspaper printed eight years previously containing Jim's obituary. I still have the paper. True story. Well, so Reddit says it's a true story. Yeah. Full body chills. So many chills. Like, I've got the chills. That was such a good one. Also, FYI, if you've never listened to Full Body Chills, uh, created by Ashley Flowers and David Flowers, I think that's her brother, um, it is a fucking phenomenal podcast. Holy Jesus. Oh, okay. She she does um, Crime Junkie and Very Presidential. Yeah. So good. Full Body Chills, you guys. There's so many episodes out there for you, like Backlog, you can just listen to right now. You got it. It's so good. I stand for some Ashley Flowers. Like, she, queen. Just a queen. Podcast queen, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about her, but. I don't think I've listened to her very much. I I did like what I've heard about her, though. Mm -hmm. You have any more for Uh, me? (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more. I do. I have one more story, and then I'll tell you my own story. Okay. Spooky dookie. And ironically, it's not about shit. Oh. Okay, so like I said, all of my stories, aside from my own, come from Reddit. And this was also on the thread that I read from the the last nurse that was four days ago. And this user's name is uh, Cryptid Whippet. On my floor, the night shift staff seems to have more incidences to talk about. And I've always felt I'm just not a person who is sensitive on any level to this stuff. But I do have a story from one of our night shift staff. It was a patient I had during day shift. He had just been declared hospice, and it was a race against time to get him an inpatient hospice bed before he died on our floor, as he was getting closer to the end stages of pancreatic and lung cancer. Apparently, his wife had passed away from metastatic lung cancer a month before in our same hospice unit. I had made him clean and comfortable, dimmed the lights to his room, and put on the TV at a low volume, and then I left. It was about 8.30 at night, and I was still finishing up charting when the night shift PCT came to me and she was pale and shaking. She said she walked by the room and had seen an elderly lady bending over the patient in the bed, stroking his arm and kissing his forehead. And so she went to the night shift nurse and asked if there was a special permission for a family member to stay with him. And the night shift nurse told her no. So she went back and the older woman was gone. It seems the deceased wife had found her husband and was comforting him. He passed the next day, about six hours after he was taken to inpatient hospice. Her description of the lady, she was short. She had braids in her hair and it was wrapped in a bun. It matched a family photo that the children had shown her. So that's kind of a lighter note to dying in a hospital, I guess. (laughs) Not so scary. Yeah, that one was really sweet. Mm -hmm. I think I might be obsessing over uh, Reddit ghost stories. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're so relatable, I guess. They are. And they're real people. Yeah everyday stuff that happens and it just so happens there's something paranormal mm-hmm. so you said you had a story yes i have my own story this one's a little strange this one's a little complex but um i think it might tie in pretty well with your story so i'm gonna i'm gonna lay it down okay so this takes place for me and i'm gonna say about 
2007. I was in college. I lived in New York. I lived upstate New York, Buffalo. Um, I lived really close to the Peace Bridge and by the library. So if you're from Buffalo, you know you know where that is. Uh, it was on Prospect Street. I got accepted to like the community college there. I was going for like film and stuff like that and for art. And I needed a place because I, I had been living out of the country and I needed a place in the U.S. while going to school. My stepdad and I were looking around Buffalo for apartments, but this was like the first one that was in my price range. Quite honestly, I was ready to just get out of there and start my life. I was like, so basically I just picked the first place that I found. Had a good energy to it. But I think the energy that I was feeling from the place when I went to look at it was from the guy that had lived there. He was breaking his lease. That should have been the red flag that I I should have paid attention to the red flag. From the beginning, the place was very creepy. It had a creepy vibe, but you know, like I've said before, I've been seeing ghosts and stuff and and I've always had, there's always something. Yeah. It's not often that I go into a place where there's nothing, whether it's good or bad. Right. So this building had four floors in it. it previously, it had been a house, a mansion house that was turned into uh, an apartment complex. So there's only, so on each floor, there were only like four or five units and it was four floors. It had an elevator in it, which, you know, the elevator didn't always work. I biked everywhere. So I had my bike always on my shoulder, going up these fucking stairs. I lived on the third floor. It was pretty fucking terrible. From the day that I moved in until the day that I moved out, I noticed early on that something was very strange and odd. For starters, the bathroom door never closed. Um, and it was probably because it was an old building and there was some foundation issues. I always felt like something was watching me whenever I would take a shower and stuff like that. It felt kind of icky, like I was being preyed upon. Yeah. Like a man was staring at me. Gross. And it was like constantly I would open the shower curtain to see if somebody was in the bathroom with me. Ooh. It's like constantly looking at the door because I could see if I looked hard enough, I could see through the door on the opposite side of the shower. You know, it kind of made me paranoid. A lot of spooky feelings there. Like there was always somebody with me or something with me. It didn't always feel scary, but sometimes it just felt heavy. Yeah. Can't really explain it, but it just felt yucky and icky. So I remember one night I was doing the dishes and I'm just, you know, and you know how you do whenever you're doing the dishes, you kind of zone out, that sort of thing. Well, out of the corner of my eye, I see something move. And it's not eye level to me. It's at the foot, like right at the doorway, because there was a doorway from my kitchen. There might have been a door on there at some point in time. Maybe somebody took it off. So it was kind of narrow. But I saw something kind of dart. And I thought, oh, my God, did I just see a cat? Was that some kind of like animal? So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm in college. I'm in school. I'm stressed. I'm just seeing things. I didn't own a cat at this time, so I knew that it wasn't something actually there had something moved, right? So I knew that it was an apparition of some sort. So at the time, I hadn't told anyone about this thing that I had seen because I just, like I said, I chalked it up to being like stressed at school and stuff like that. And a few months into living there, I decided I was going to have a party. It was a decent turnout and there was a lot of people there. Like, you know, a good handful. My apartment was small. Yeah. For whatever reason, every party I go to, they always congregate in the kitchen. I feel like the kitchen is, is such a heart to the home. It is. For whatever reason. There's food. Mm-hmm. There's drink. I feel like that goes along very well with a good conversation. I agree. It smells really good in here, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we got all these candles all lit and shit. Yeah, we do. Okay, so I happen to be one of the people that was in the kitchen. 
And a friend, she came up to me and she was like, hey, I, I saw your cat. Can I pet your cat? And I said, oh, my God, you've seen it, too. And she just kind of looked dumbstruck. And she's like, well, what are you talking about? I said, I have a ghost cat. And she just validated that for me so much that I wasn't just seeing stuff, that there was an apparition of a cat living in the house, like full on validation. I didn't need any more validation. I got it right then. Yeah. So a while after that, um, I had gone down to the lobby to check my mail in the mailbox because all of the, it was old school. Like all of the, the mailboxes were like in the walls. So you had to like pull it and then it would come down. Oh, that's Like it would slide down so you could dig your hand into the top of it. It wouldn't just open like a locker. Right. And, um, so I'm down there and I'm getting my mail and I had seen her a few times and we were talking and she, she said, oh, so what apartment are you in? And I was like, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, oh, wow, you're directly above me. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So we started talking and she said, she's like, so, um, so how many kids do you have? And I was like, actually, I don't have any kids. You know, I'm in school and stuff. She's like, that's strange because I hear what sounds like kids running at night <gasps> upstairs. And I was I just looked at her. I was like, oh, that is strange. I was like, no, it's just me. I usually go to bed pretty early. I'm in college, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, I never run. I just walk casually. I don't have a lot of people at my house. Maybe I'll have a party randomly. Although I didn't need validation about the cat, I got even more validation that the cat might have been running around upstairs. Yeah. In my opinion, that was, uh, he was my protector. Oh. That's how I felt. You know, that that entity was there for me. It was guarding you. It was guarding me. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. So while doing research on the actual apartment, I, I went back. I went back like 10, 15 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I went down the streets that I lived and I did some research on the actual apartment building. Now, prior to moving in, I knew that it had been built in 1920s and it was built by an Austrian architect. And back then, so he built the house and somebody else had converted it. In this house, in the center of the entire house, there's like a courtyard. And it's used to regulate heat so that the air would come down in and cool the building from the inside out. Oh, that's and same nice. for when it was winter. So you could open up a window in your bedroom and see into so-and-so's window who lives two doors down from you. Yeah. They all faced each other, every single floor. And I remember one time this woman, she had just had a baby. And you could hear the baby crying um, all through the night. And it wasn't a ghost baby. It was a real baby. Right. There was a lot of darkness that happened there. Uh, doing the research for it, there was a woman who had been killed. They did not say what apartment she was killed in, but I truly believe it was on my floor. Um, she had been shot by a man who had followed her into the hallway, the, the breezeway of the apartment, because everything was on the inside. There was no outside right. from your door. Um, so yeah, he had stabbed her 35 times. <gasps> He's in prison now, obviously. Yeah. But he maintained his innocence that he was trying to fight her off because she was attacking him. But 35 times. Oh, my gosh. You, you stay there. That's a meditated right. act that you do. Or an act of passion, but... Right, but they didn't know right. each other. He was just a complete stranger. I don't yeah. remember if he needed to use her phone or something. Jesus. Or they were just talking and they wanted to hang out or something like that. Because a lot of times that happens... And everyone walks everywhere. So there's always people outside. Yeah. You know, and I, and there was a bus stop right in front of the building. So they could have been smoking and met each other. Anyway, so this was in the 90s when he killed her. The story goes on. I had had a nervous breakdown um, about a year into living there. 
college was a lot for me and a lot of depression. And I went into several like psychiatric facilities because I didn't feel right. It was really far away from home. I was depressed. In retrospect, I think it was the apartment building. And here's why. I'm going to keep going. I got, I got more to the story. So I had moved back in with my parents in Canada. And my like eldest sister, she had moved into my apartment, you know, because I wasn't sure if I was going to come back to school or not. And, and a few months after that, I had come back to visit. I had some friends I wanted to see. Really sullen feeling in the building. Something wasn't right. And I didn't know exactly what it was. I, I went out for coffee with a friend of mine. And we'd sat out in their car in front of the building. And I just looked at them and I said, something doesn't feel right. Something feels off. It feels like there's death in that building. And I cannot figure out why. I I just can't go in right now. So we sat out there for a good while. And eventually I went in. Okay. And I went to bed that night. My friend came over the next night. We were talking and I said, you know what? There's something so weird going on. And I don't know what it is. It feels heavy and dark. And she's like, oh, you didn't hear Oh, here we go. Shit, what Uh-oh. did I not hear? Uh-oh. She said, uh, well, the guy directly across from you had committed suicide the week prior. Oh, my God. And my sister had been listening to music on my computer because I'd left my computer there. And this was like a time before Wi-Fi really existed. Yeah. <laughs> That's how old this shit is. The girlfriend of the guy had come in, unlocked the door because they lived together. And she saw him hanging in the doorway. He'd oh hung himself. Gosh. She screamed really loud and it scared my sister so she busted open the door and her door is wide open so you could see right into their apartment Mm -hmm. my sister saw him and my my sister ran in because the girl started panicking yeah and i think my sister was trying to comfort her and then there were several shootings and deaths outside on that property so there was a lot of death that existed in that building yeah it's just one of those buildings they really need to tear it down because a lot of bad things have happened there yeah a lot of bad stuff and that's that's a story that i kind of hold with me um all the time right. all the time kind of shaped me i feel like as a person mm-hmm. just the trauma that was, right that was a big part of your life yep and i'm sure that was probably one of the most stressful times mm-hmm. in your life too very very stressful yeah I have a lot of ghost stories. Uh, if you want to hear more ghost stories, just let me know. I'll I will read any of my ghost stories to you ever. Like I, we could do a Patreon. Like I'm cool with that. Are you cool with that? Uh, yeah. Eventually, yeah. sometime I would down the road. Love to hear all of your ghost stories. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I think that's it for me on the spooky front for today. I'm gonna lock that down. <laughs> okay. But me telling you this story really goes hand in hand with your story. Kinda. Uh, Now, I don't have a spooky story from my personal life to tell you, but I wanted to tell one of my favorite ghost stories, I guess. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Dear David, but if you followed that on Twitter, it's such a good story. I know, it's spooky as fuck. I'm down Uh, for it. Yes, and um, I even have a link that has, I actually sent it to you, Arlo, so you're welcome to follow along. Girl, I got it up and I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) It has all of this guy's tweets. It has his photo evidence. It has little sound clips of weird stuff that happened and video clips on there. Okay, so here's the story of Dear David. And this is written by Adam Ellis, I believe is his name. The first tweet happened on August 7th, 2017. He says, so my apartment is currently being haunted by the ghost of a dead child, and he's trying to kill me. He started appearing in my dreams, but I think he's crossed over into the real world now. The first time I saw him, 
I was experiencing sleep paralysis and saw a child sitting in the green rocking chair at the foot of my bed. Uh, no, ma'am. Yeah. Not, no, nope. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, little children. <laughs> I don't like it. It's all coming back to the kids. Yeah. It's all about the kids. Yeah. It's like children of the candy corn. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, Bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a t-shirt that says children of the candy corn. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. That would be perfect. Okay, I'm I'd down for it. it. The first time I saw him, I was experiencing sleep paralysis and saw a child sitting in the green rocking chair at the foot of my bed. He had a huge misshapen head that was dented on one side. I did my best to draw it. And right here, he has a little picture of this cartoon he created. And it's Mm. like this kid is missing half of his face. Very sad. But he continues. For a while, he just stared at me. But then he got out of his chair and started shambling towards the bed. I couldn't move because I was paralyzed. I have sleep paralysis fairly often. It sucks. Mm -hmm. It does suck, man. It does suck. Right before he reached my bed, I woke up screaming. I had another dream a few nights later where I was in a library and a girl came up to me and said, you've seen dear David, haven't you? And I was like, who? And she said, dear David, you saw him. She continued, he's dead. He only appears at midnight. And you can ask him two questions if you said, Dear David, first. Then she added, but never try to ask him a third question or he'll kill you. I was very shaken. Having two dreams about the same thing is pretty weird. Anyway, a couple weeks passed without incident. Then David came back in another dream. Same situation. I was in bed and he was sitting in the rocking chair near the window, staring at me. In the dream, I said, Dear David, how did you die? He mumbles, an accident in a store. I said, Dear David, what happened in the store? He groans. A shelf was pushed on my head. He groaned. A shelf was pushed on my head. I'm frozen with fear. I ask, who pushed the shelf? David doesn't answer. I realized I've asked a third question, which I'm not supposed to do. At this point, I wake up absolutely terrified. The next couple of days, I googled deaths in the city, but I can't find anything about a kid named David dying in a store. I even tried different names, Daniel, Dylan, Devin, nothing. A few weeks go by without incident. Sort of randomly, the apartment above mine is vacated, and I have the opportunity to move into it. It's a larger apartment, so I'm thrilled. Another month or two goes by, and I sort of forget about Dear David. I think he lost track of me because I moved upstairs. But lately, something strange is happening. For the past four nights, my cats gather at the front of the door at exactly midnight and just stare at it, almost like something is on the other side. And then he leaves a picture of two of his cats trying to literally look underneath the door. Last night, I got a weird feeling and looked out the peephole, and I'm dead certain I saw movement on the other side. When I opened the door and turned on the hall light, nothing was there, but my cat seemed unnerved bushy tails, etc. And that's where I am right now. Dear David found me, I think. I don't know what to do. I'll keep you updated. And then the next one is on Wednesday, August 9th. Update. For the sixth night in a row, my cats walked over to the door promptly at midnight and stared at it. And he has a picture of a clock and his cat just staring at the door. Then he has another tweet that he just says, what's going on? And there's a video. Should I play the video? It is just uh, his cat looking at the door and meowing like, what the hell's going on? 
Yeah. And in the video, his cat really does try to... Okay, I don't know if anyone else has a cat, but I know my cat won't just walk up to a door with nothing just randomly like that. Mm -hmm. Or even a wall. Yeah. I mean, the only time I have ever seen my cat do that is if she's heard something and her ear will twitch. Mm -hmm. Or if she sees something underneath the door, she she might move towards it. But just out of nowhere like that. Mm -hmm. So then he goes on to another tweet that says, I couldn't tell, so I mustered the courage to open the door. Nothing was out there, but I took another photo. Look at this. And Okay, I'm looking at the photo right now. Okay. And he says, is it just me, or is there something in the first photo, right where the banister meets the shelves hiding on the stairs? Hmm. And in this picture, there is a little shadow that kind of resembles a person a bit. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying on it? Yeah, I do. Spooky. He said, I wasn't sure if it was a smudge or something. So I took a second photo from the inside. There was something out there. And if you look at the picture, you can see a bookcase and there's a stairway going down right beside it. And right at that stairway, there's a dark kind of shadow, which granted that could totally be the people. Like that could just be a dirty people, but it looks really weird. I agree. And he said, I deadbolted the lock and got in bed because I don't know what else to do. I can still hear my cat meowing at the door. Ooh, chills. And then he says, I'm pretty scared. And took a picture of his cat watching the door and looking back at him. Spooky. Mm-hmm. And in the picture, it's kind of funny because, you know, when you take a picture of a cat at night, their eyes reflect the yeah. light. Mm-hmm. So it makes them look kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. And that's the picture he has. It's kind of funny. Anyway, so we're on to the next date. Thursday, August 10th. It's been pretty quiet tonight. I'm going to try out a sleep talk app to see if anything happens during the night. I love those apps, especially when people post the ones where they fart. It's hilarious. (laughs) That is really funny. (laughs) And he goes, I'm heading to bed, but the cats are back at the door. They only do this in the middle of the night. It's routine now. And he has a picture of him with his cats. And he says, here we go, just minutes before midnight. And it's this cat meowing at the door again. Mm -hmm. And it's a little video. Then he has another picture that says they're both there now. So they're both watching the door. Then he has another tweet that says, I don't even know if this is the right kind of salt. And he has a picture of where he salted the door. To keep any of the bat spirits out. Right. And then there's another tweet from that night that says, Maxwell is extra talkative tonight. He's obviously trying to tell me something. So next we're up to Friday, August 11th. Mm-hmm. I used a sound app. I used a sound app to record my apartment last night. It makes individual recordings each time it hears something. There were 33 recordings. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Most of them are pretty vague. A couple of them are passing cars and the like, but there are three that I'm really interested in. The first is a snapping sound and what seems to be a single step. It's odd because I didn't get out of bed all night. I'm going to play the sound for you so you can all hear it. Ooh. Okay. It kind of sounds like a mousetrap snapping. Kind of. Or something hitting the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the door. Very ambiguous. It is. The next tweet says, this one is weird. Because out of the 33 recordings, this is the only one that has that strange electric sound throughout it. Let me play it for you. Okay, that's the second one. Okay. The next tweet says, this directly follows the electric static. 
Another snap, and then I groan in my sleep. Let me play that one. Okay, so could be nothing. Mm -hmm. Could be nothing. These happen between 2 and 3 a.m. I have no explanation for them. I'll keep recording and share if I find anything curious. Okay. So next one is Saturday, August 12th. And he posts a, you know, he posts a selfie that says, getting the F out of my haunted apartment for the weekend, <laughs> which I don't blame him. Uh, it's kind of cute. Eh, kind of. I think it's the beard. Maybe. So I'm going to go ahead and go on to, ooh, okay, Monday, August 14th. He posts, so a weird thing just happened. Take it with a grain of salt. I bought a Polaroid camera this weekend because they're fun and dorky. I decided to take photos around the apartment. Polaroids are stupid and fun and inherently sort of creepy. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect to find anything. I took a couple of my living room and bedroom. That's the rocking chair that I first saw David in. They're pretty unremarkable. And in the photo is this little green rocking chair. And he has two pictures of his living room and his bedroom. His next tweet is, then I went into the hallway and snapped a photo. The Polaroid developed completely black. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. And he has a picture and it's completely solid dark. There is no light in that. His next tweet is, I even ripped open and destroyed a fresh pack to see if it was just underdeveloped Polaroid. But they all started out white. So I thought, maybe I accidentally covered the lens with my finger. So I took a photo while intentionally covering it. He took a picture of two pictures. The photo on the left, he says, is him covering his lens with a finger. The second one is his fully lit hallway just taken after midnight. Ooh, and it's black. That one's black, black. Yeah. The one on the left, the one he covered the finger with, that's kind of blurry. You can't really see it. It's like splotchy and gray. Mm -hmm. You can like probably see some of the textures on his finger. Yeah. But it's, that one's dark. That second one is completely black. It's mm -hmm. solid black. So this could be nothing. I'm not sure what to make of it. Okay, one last thing. I wanted to double check. Here's a couple, here's a couple of videos of me taking photos. He has a couple of videos and he, the first one is of his living room. Basically his next couple of tweets are just him filming that he's actually taking pictures of his hallway, his living room mm -hmm. and, or no, the hallway completely turns out black a second time. And he goes on, honestly, I don't know why I'm still fucking around with this camera. There has to be a logical explanation. Oh, there has to be. Couldn't, yeah. be, couldn't be that it's real. <laughs> yeah. And he continues, someone told me to take photos from farther away. So I tried that. One with my iPhone and one with the Polaroid. The left is with my phone. The right is with the Polaroid. The whole light is on both times. Why is it pitch black each time with the Polaroid? And there's mm. two pictures. Do you, ha do you have it pulled up? So there are two pictures in this. Uh, the one on the left, he said, was with his iPhone you can see the hallway light on. You can mm -hmm. see the stairs. You can see the bookcase. The one with the Polaroid, it's pitch black. Just mm -hmm. the hallway. Yeah. Creepy. Oh, I see it. That's creepy. Yeah. This whole thread has been really convoluted, and I'm sorry if it's hard to follow. I just thought this was all really weird and wanted to share. And then the next day, he tweets, folks have been urging me to get some sage. So I did. Saging the hall and definitely saging the hell out of this rocking chair. And it's showing the screen rocking chair he has. Honestly, sage doesn't seem like it'll help much, but I'm open to anything. I barely slept last night. I kept waking up feeling like something was wrong, but who knows? Maybe this will do something. Then he sends another tweet the morning after. Sage did not work. 
I haven't dreamed I haven't dreamed about David in a few months, but he appeared again last night. Ooh. In the dream, my bedroom was filled with hazy smoke, but I could see David sitting in the chair across the room. He was smaller this time, almost shrunken. He didn't do or say anything except look at me. Anyway, it feels like a bad omen. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's not a good one. <laughs> no. Again with the child. Yep. Uh, okay. I think he has a fucking demon. No, you don't think so? Just, <laughs> I, th- I think it's very highly likely. If this story is true. Yeah, you're right. If it's true. I mean, I have no reason not to believe him, you know? Yeah. Same. Uh, Friday, August 18th. It's been two weeks, and he still does this every night at midnight, and it's his two cats sitting at the door again. Other weird stuff has been happening, too. I've been recording myself sleeping, and it picks up this weird static electricity sound. Every night at 3 a.m., it lasts for about five minutes. This morning, I woke up to the whole house shaking. It felt like a small earthquake. I debated even mentioning that on Twitter, because it sounds made up, but I distinctly felt the house swaying. It's just a whole bunch of small things happening at once. I feel so uneasy, like right before a thunderstorm comes. Everyone is telling me to move, but I don't have any guarantee that this won't follow me. And then the next night, he tweets, They just issued a thunderstorm warning for tonight. And then he sends a picture and says, Everyone in the city is talking about how weird the sky looks. I hear thunder rolling in the distance. And you don't hear anything until Monday, August 21st. All this ghost stuff has been spooky, but the past weekend was the first time I actually felt unsafe in my home. On Friday night, there was supposed to be a huge storm. In the end, it passed, but that night was weird anyway. I fell asleep pretty early. I was incredibly tired for some reason. I had a dream that night where David was dragging me by the arm through an old abandoned warehouse. Oh God. Yeah. I'm not sure why I didn't fight back in the dream or how he was strong enough to pull me, but that's dream logic for you. It was a creepy dream, and I didn't think much of it when I woke up. I took a shower, and then I noticed something. I woke up with a huge bruise on my arm. And he even has a picture of, yeah. Okay, yeah, I see that. Now look, maybe I injured myself the day before. My arm was hurting during the night, which manifested as a dream. There could be a totally logical explanation for it, so I brushed it off. I went to get coffee, which I do every weekend. When I walk to the coffee place, I always pass a food cart repair depot. It's always incredibly busy, especially on weekends. I live in the neighborhood for over four years, and this place has always been jam-packed with carts getting serviced. But today, it was completely abandoned. The whole warehouse was totally gutted and empty. And he has pictures of it. Well, almost empty. I went inside to look around because I was astonished that this place was suddenly empty after all these years. Basically, the only thing in this entire warehouse is a single green chair. If you recall, David first appeared to me in a green rocking chair. It could be nothing, but it's weird that that's the only thing left behind. On my way back from coffee, the warehouse had been shuttered. It's remained shuttered since. The chair, my bruise, dreaming about an empty warehouse, and then passing by one, it gave me the creeps. Needless to say, I didn't sleep much that night. Too many strange things are happening more frequently. I don't know. Anyway, it was a strange weekend. Friday, August 25th, 2017. There have been a few small developments in my apartment, but I'm not really sure what to make of them. I just know I'm scared. If you recall, my cats usually gather at the door at midnight, but lately it's been getting earlier and earlier every night. I was almost used to the routine, so when they started to cry at the door, They're closer to 10 p.m. I was a little confused. They begin a new routine. Hover around the door at 10 p.m., cry for about 15 minutes, then wander off as if nothing's wrong. But this week, something else has happened. 
Shortly after the usual cat stuff, around 10.30 or so, I started getting phone calls from an unmarked number. My entire call history for the past week looks like this. You'll notice that I answered once yesterday. It has two days worth of five or six calls, seven calls, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm and all of them shows no caller ID. Since this has been happening for days on end, I thought it might be an automated telemarketer or something. Usually if it's an automated thing, if you answer once, they quit calling. So I picked up. Instead, what I heard on the other end was a peculiar electrical static sound, very similar to the static my sleep app picks up at night. I didn't say anything, I just listened, waiting for some automated messages to chime in. After a minute, the static stopped. There was silence. I kept listening. I heard what I thought was breathing, but it was so faint I can't be sure. My heart was racing. It was so hard to hear. Then, just as I was about to hang up, I heard a very small voice whisper, Hello? Something about the way they said hello freaked me out. It wasn't a question or a greeting. Just hello. A flat statement. So quiet I could barely hear it. I didn't know what else to do. I closed all the curtains in my apartment and turned on every single light. I watched TV until dawn because I was too scared to go to sleep. I sort of feel like I'm losing my mind. If I look at each individual incident on its own, they're perfectly logical explanations for everything. But after three weeks of weird shit happening, I don't know what to make sense of. The only thing I can feel like I can do right now is write everything down. So that's what I'm doing. And that's what I'll keep doing. Monday, August 28th. So I moved the green chair out of the bedroom weeks ago. It's been in various parts of the living room ever since. I should probably get rid of it, but I'm not sure if that would have any effect. Also, I'm going on vacation to Japan in three weeks. I th keep thinking if I can make it to my trip, this will all end as dumb as that sounds. David lost track of me once when I moved, so maybe if he believes I've left my apartment again, he'll leave me alone. Anyway, last week I bought a pet monitoring camera so I can keep an eye on the cats while I'm overseas. It's basically a nanny cam that connects to Wi-Fi so you can check it whenever it wants. It runs 24-7. It also alerts you to sounds and movements via app. In any event, I decided to test it out this weekend. I was away from home one night, so I set up the camera before I left. My phone pinged periodically throughout the evening, alerting me to the cats running around and playing normal stuff. Then around 11, it alerted me again that it detected emotion. But when I checked the feed for my apartment, I didn't see anything. So I watched the feed again. Still nothing. I watched it a third time. I finally noticed something. And he says, watch the chair. Do you have the video? I've seen it. You have? I knew it couldn't be the wind because I haven't had the windows open at all this summer. It was unnerving, but there wasn't anything I could do about it right then. So I flipped my phone off and tried not to panic. About half an hour later, I got another motion alert. Here's the feed to that alert. This next video he has, if you watch it, there's a little turtle above his bookshelf and it just looks like it's getting ripped off and it falls down. Mm -hmm. Since I've been back home, I've been too nervous to turn the camera back on and today has been pretty quiet. That said, I feel really uneasy. I put the chair in the hall. I hope nothing else happens tonight. Tuesday, September 5th. It's happened again. I've been leaving the nanny cam on 24-7. It records every time there's movement or sound, as you know. I was going over the feed from this weekend and I noticed some weird stuff. During the night on Saturday, while I slept, it recorded the cats in the living room. It seemed pretty unremarkable at first. Then after a few moments, Maxwell freaks out and jumps over something invisible. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think it was a bug or anything. Maxwell doesn't react like that with bugs. He just eats them. Something spooked him. 
I almost never get bugs. I've seen maybe three in all the years I've lived here. Anyway, the next night, the camera recorded a couple more strange videos. Specifically, it recorded Maxwell doing this on and off for hours. And here, I'm going to show you. you. see the picture of him just standing on his hind legs. Oh. He's on the couch. Oh, snap. Yeah. It's really weird. Mm. Specifically, oh, he'd sit up on his hind legs, peer around the room as if looking for something or looking at something. This is really odd behavior for him, and I can't come up with an explanation for it, especially because of the next video. So in the video, he's just kind of looking around. Oh, and it looks like he's about to touch something that's really close to him. He's getting up on his hind legs and just trying to swipe at the air. Okay, creepy. Mm -hmm. I suppose there's a chance it was a fly, but I honestly never get flies, so that seems unlikely. I can't shake the feeling that something has made its way into the apartment. It's odd behavior for Maxwell in any event. Things feel off this week. I can't explain it. Saturday, September 16th. I've been having so many nightmares lately. They're way more intense than my usual dreams, too. I don't know if it's because I'm stressed or if it's something else. This afternoon, I took a nap and had a dream I haven't been able to shake. In the dream, I was lying in bed and rolled over to face the other direction. On the pillow next to me was a severed head with a bloody spine attached, snaking down the bed. The head was staring right at me, somehow still alive. It had this huge smile plastered on its face. Horrified, I screamed, what happened to you? The head smiled even bigger. It feels great, the heads groaned. After that, I woke up. It was dark outside by then, and everything was quiet. Other dreams have been just as strange. Things like dark figures staring at my windows, even though I live on the second floor. Stuff like that. Stuff that makes no sense in relation to what I've been experiencing in real life. After that dream about the head, I've been feeling uneasy all night. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I decided to go for a walk. If for no other reason than to get out of my apartment. I went to a bodega a few blocks away to get a snack. On the way, I had to pass a warehouse that was boarded up a few weeks ago. I hurried past it, since it freaks me out now. At the bodega, I got some Doritos and a seltzer that then made my way back home. When I passed the warehouse a second time, I heard a dull thunk from the other side of the shutters. I froze in place, but there was no other sound after that. I probably should have just continued on, but the curiosity got the better of me. There was a grated window next to the doors, about a foot above my head, too high to see into. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to hold my phone up to the window, take one photo, then run for my life. I made sure my flash was on, I positioned the camera lens through one of the grates and snapped a photo. I almost thought I saw movement when the flash went off, but I couldn't be certain. The light bounced off the grates and was pretty blinding. I couldn't even look at the photo, I just ran all the way home. I was too jumpy to look at it for a while. I just ate my Doritos nervously. Then I finally did look at the photo and here's what I saw. It seemed to be a different part of the warehouse, maybe an office. There was a bunch of old insulation and what looked like a filing cabinet and ripped up leather desk chair. Then I noticed something in the top and then I noticed something else in the upper right corner, something that looked like a face. The more I stared at it, the more it started to look like a nondescript blur. Now I can't be sure of what I'm seeing. Maybe I'm too deep into this. My brain wants to see David when he's not there. But here, I messed with the filters on my phone a bit. Tell me this doesn't look like him. Not okay. Um, no. So there's a picture of this really blurry face. It almost looks like a skull. I'm, I'm scared. I don't, I don't want to look at it. Yeah. No. The past few days have been fairly quiet. 
I haven't been mm-hmm. spending much time at home. I leave for Japan in a couple hours. I've been trying to avoid anything weird before my trip. I feel like this all might just stop if I leave for a couple weeks. Whatever happens, I want to thank everyone for their kind thoughts and concerns. This whole ordeal has been stressful. It meant a lot to me. The next post is in Japan on mm-hmm. October 3rd. It's my last full day in Japan. The past couple weeks have been pretty peaceful. I have people taking care of my cats, and they say they've been doing fine. This morning, I went for a long walk around Sapporo. I never really plan my vacations. I like to wander a lot and see what I find. Mm -hmm. I came across a statue in a park, and I couldn't find out any real information about it online, but it was very weird and pretty. I was taking pictures of it from different angles since it's cylindrical. I moved around to one side and almost dropped my phone at what I saw. It felt too similar to be a coincidence. I felt dizzy staring up at it. This kid had a dented head. Hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm overreacting, but maybe this is nothing. It doesn't feel like nothing. Here's the picture. And it kind of looks like the picture that he drew about David. Ooh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, same with the eye and Mm -hmm. the dented head. Yeah. I have to pack for my flight home in the morning. It'll be good to see my cats again, at least. Then October 5th, he says I made it home safely. The cats are fine, a little more talkative than usual. Weird things have been happening with the electricity in my apartment this week. First, two bulbs have burned out in the hallway in less than a week. At this point, I just left it alone rather than get a ladder again. But the strangest thing has to do with the backlight on my TV. It's an LED strip that hits an LED strip that plugs into the TV itself via USB. The TV has to be in order for the backlight to be on. But last night, the backlight was flickering on and off by itself. I noticed it was just some time before dawn, and I woke up and went into the kitchen to get some water. I'd barely gotten back into bed again when I saw a faint light coming on in the living room. After a few seconds, it went dark. I went back into the living room and stood there watching the backlight go on and off, on and off, for at least a few minutes. It was bizarre. Eventually, it stopped, and now now the backlight doesn't work at all. It's only a couple months old, so it shouldn't be dead already. Anyway, I couldn't get back to sleep, so I went to dinner near my apartment. It was the only thing open at 4 a.m. When I get back home, the sun was starting to come up, so I figured I might as well shower and go into work early. I showered and brushed my teeth and then headed into the bedroom to get dressed. As I passed the front door, I thought I heard a faint scratching sound from the other side. It was so soft, I wasn't sure if it had really happened. I went over to the door, but I was too scared to look through the peephole. I couldn't bring myself to actually put my face that close to the sound, so I opted to take a photo through the peephole instead. Since there is a skylight outside my window, the hole was awash in faint yellow-green light, and I snapped a couple photos. At first, the pictures didn't seem like anything, just blurry nothingness. But as I analyzed it, I started noticing things like part of a face, an ear, an eye staring back at me. I think maybe it's time to get someone else involved. It's obviously isn't going to stop until I do something. Yeah. Kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's just kind of let this go on for a couple months, and it's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. October 26th. Sorry for the radio silence the past couple of weeks. First, I had a friend come over do some cleansing stuff. She did the whole apartment in the hallway. A lot of self-proclaimed professional mediums have reached out, plus a dozen ghost hunter TV shows. I've declined them all because I don't really want strangers in my house and sensationalizing what's going on. So instead, I had a friend come over and cleanse this place. And for about a week or so, it seemed like it worked. 
Things appeared to go back to normal. The cats weren't gathering at the door anymore. I stopped having dreams. It was starting to seem like it was over. Then one morning last week, I was walking to work and past the shuttered warehouse as usual. This time, all the metal door, this time, the metal door was wide open. Sunlight pouring in, the warehouse was still mostly empty except for one thing. There was a hearse parked near the back wall. What? There was a hearse in the warehouse. Why? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's odd. Uh-huh. But he's also been getting, like, these signs from the warehouse, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure seeing a hearse in there is disconcerting and probably freaking him out. The warehouse had been closed for over two months. I have no idea why it was open that day. Nobody was around. Why didn't he go in? You Would you go in that warehouse if you saw that? No, probably not. But uh, I think that would have made this like a true, you know, horror story. Investigative. Yeah. Well, things get worse. Oh, shit. It was weird, but I try not to think about it. It's not all strange to see a hearse, I guess, but like they have to park somewhere. I tried to put it out of my mind and the next several days were uneventful, but something else happened that night. It was around 11 or so and I was watching TV on the couch. I went into the dining room to get a drink from the fridge and noticed that both cats were sitting by the far window, staring up at it. (laughs) The window looks out onto the roof of the business next door. I glanced out the window, but I didn't see anything. I figured that maybe there's a mouse in the wall or something. I shrugged and grabbed a beer from the fridge. As I went to the kitchen to get the bottle opener, I noticed something. There was a window in the kitchen, which looks out onto the same roof. Someone was standing on that roof staring at me. Oh, hell to the na-na-na. Uh-uh. I immediately ducked down. I reached up, flicked off the light switch, peered over the window... And I still couldn't see much. My phone was in my pocket and I grabbed it and took a photo. Little blurry and dark, but I swear someone was there. I tried to take a better photo, but the figure had disappeared. Okay, this story just has so many freaking layers. It does. So many levels it's, of weird. This whole story is like something is trying to make him go insane. There's yeah. a little thing here and a little thing here. And over time, it just adds up. Right. I feel like this is like part psychological and like the more he puts into the story the more it comes out of the story right so do you think if he just like gave up altogether that it would stop mm, well i'll get to that okay <laughs> i'm jumping a gun i know <laughs> i closed all the blinds and made sure the door was locked and drank like five more beers until i was too drunk to be scared but now i feel like i'm back to square one i'm sure it was him he's not going away i don't know what to do november 6th It's been about four months since the first time I dreamed of David. This might be long, but stick with me. Last night, I dreamed about him again. It was almost exactly the same as the first time I saw him. In the dream, I saw him in a chair again. I don't have a green chair in my room anymore. This time, it was a recliner I've had for years. He was staring right at me, just like the first time. Again, I felt paralyzed. I couldn't barely move. But this time, something was different. I still felt mostly immobile, but I could squirm just a little bit. I felt more alert. I could move my hand somewhat. David glared at me. I dreaded what I knew. I dreaded what I knew was coming. He was going to get out of the chair and come towards me like before. I had to do something. I kept my phone next to me on the bed and somehow managed to get a hold of it. I thought, if David is going to kill me, maybe I can at least get evidence on my phone. So I started snapping pictures in the dark. Sure enough, he crawled down off of the chair and began shuffling towards me. Mm -hmm. He moved slowly like it was a struggle for him. I felt terrified, but I kept taking photos. David limped closer towards me, never taking his eyes off of me. Soon, 
I was face to face with him. He started muttering something too quiet for me to understand. I watched his eyes roll back in his head until they were all white. I tried to breathe away from him, but I could barely move. I stared in horror as he began crawling onto my bed, still murmuring something. And that's when I woke up, same as before. Broad daylight, no trace of David anywhere. It's almost routine now, but it was a dream after all, so I got up, went to work, and after a while, the stress of the dream melted away. I wasn't even going to write this, since it wouldn't really be new information, but tonight I noticed something that petrified me. I went into my phone to find a picture from a couple days ago and saw dozens of pitch black photos in my camera roll. Uh-uh. All from last night. Oh my god, why? It's better just to show you. Turn up your brightness because they're pretty dark. Have you seen these photos? Um, Are they of the little boy in his room? Yeah. Well, I mean... Huh, huh, I can't even look at it. No, I don't want to look at it. Um, um, I have seen them. It's creepy and I can see them and it's not okay. And I highly suggest you all to look at all these tweets if you want something to spook you on halloween this is it yeah that's creepy i don't want to see this shit like no not not that you're showing it to me but like oh my fucking god i wouldn't want to see it if i were him no i don't want to see it and i am me can you imagine having all that thinking you're Mm -hmm. crazy and then being validated over a photo you took oh my gosh Usually, I can come up with some excuse for what's happening, but I have no logical explanation for this. Mm-hmm. So now, I'm sitting here on my couch, freaking out. I certainly I certainly won't be able to sleep. I just feel like I need to get out of this. And then, goes on to Friday, November 17th. For everyone asking, yes, I'm alive. I've been on the quiet side because there's something I'm trying to investigate, but I'm not sure how to yet. I'd rather not tweet unless I have something substantial to share. It's also sort of hard to explain the logistics of what I'm trying to find out, but I'll do my best. Basically, there's a part of my apartment I'm just now learning about. At least that's what I think. To freshen your memory, I live in a duplex. I used to live on the first floor and now live on the second floor. It's a long, boxy building that looks like this. He has a picture of his old apartment at the bottom, and then the second floor is his new apartment, and on the side, it says business next door, and that roof is shorter than where he is living right now. Mm -hmm. The other week, I was tweeting the most recent update from the living room couch about 30 seconds after I'd sent the last tweet. I heard a thump directly above my head, as if someone above me had dropped something onto my floor, which is impossible since I'm the top apartment. Mm -hmm. There's also no way to access the roof. There aren't any ladders on the outside of the building. The only way to get up on this roof is through the skylight in the hallway. There are no trees in the immediate vicinity either. It definitely wasn't pipes either. It was distinctly the sound of something falling to the floor. My building is old and it makes lots of noises, but this was a new sound and it had startled me. So I'm thinking, is there some secret crawl space in my home? I look all over my apartment, but I can't find it, but I can't figure it out. So I go into the hallway, and that's when something dawns on me. There's no real way to ease into this, so I'll just say it. There's a mysterious hatch in my hallway. I've always known about it, but I just assumed it opened directly to the floor. It's really high above the stairs, so I always figured it was impossible to access without some sort of fancy professional professional ladder. I took this video so you can see how high it was. I know you've seen it before, but Mm -hmm. picture of it. First, the skylight is flat with a roof, so I checked Google to make sure. 
The hatch is about three feet below the skylight, meaning there are three feet of empty space between the two openings. I think maybe the hatch leads to a short ladder going to the roof. That means there's three feet of empty space all over my apartment. I was ready to explain this away for a few reasons. One, I thought it might be some sort of insulated space that residential buildings have. I'm not an architect, so what do I know? It didn't seem relevant enough at the time, so I decided I wasn't going to mention it here. But over the past week and a half, I've been hearing more things above me. A few days after the first sound, I heard a similar thump while I was in the kitchen. Then last night, I heard something small clinking on the floor and roll about six feet before stopping. Something's going on up there. Maybe it's a raccoon, maybe it's not. I can't get over the fact that the hatch is such a weird, inaccessible place over the stairs. I need to investigate. I'm not sure how right now. Okay, I brought out a pole. If the hatch is movable, I'll either shell out for the ladder or call my landlord to investigate. The noises from the ceiling haven't let up, but the pull I ordered didn't arrive before I had to leave for the holiday, so I didn't actually get it until late Friday night. I planned to investigate the next morning and went to bed. I'd barely fallen asleep when I woke up to an incredibly loud crash above me. It sounded like someone had dropped a bowling ball. I bolted right up in bed and immediately felt strange. There was a weird energy all around me. I can't explain it. After a minute, I heard another crash. I briefly thought about grabbing my shoes and booking it, but that would mean passing under the hatch, and that seemed like a bad idea, so instead I just listened and waited, though I'm not sure for what. The crash happened again and again, probably 15 times in a row, followed by a long silence. Then I heard smaller, creaky sounds from the hallway. In my mind, I registered it as a footstep, but it really could have been anything. I stayed still, but there were no more sounds after that. I laid back down, still tense and nervous, but I must have fallen asleep at some point because I woke up the next morning and everything seemed normal again. I got dressed and left to go get a bagel, same as every Saturday. As I made my way down the stairs, something crunched under my feet. I looked down and noticed a pile of debris under, under the stairs directly underneath the hatch. It looked like dirt, but I couldn't tell for certain. It could have been old plaster or something. I glanced up at the hatch and noticed something else peculiar. The edge of something was caught in it, barely poking out. It's hard to see because it's so far up, but I took a photo. At that point, bagels were the last thing on my mind. I went upstairs, grabbed my pole, set the camera on the court wardrobe at the top of the stairs, and hit record, just to make sure it would be caught on video if a demon burst out the hatch. And he has a video of it. I jumped out of the way and practically fell down the stairs trying to dodge whatever it was that fell. At first, I thought it was a dead squirrel which would honestly explain a lot. It hit the steps and bounced down to the first floor. I went upstairs to get my phone and collapsed the pole since it was so long and unwieldy and then went back down the stairs to investigate the object that fell. At first, I wasn't even sure what it was. It was dingy and faded black. Then I picked it up and I realized what it was. It was a small leather shoe. Oh my God. I hustled back up the stairs texted my landlord. I told him I thought there was something in the crawl space and asked if he could investigate. He said he'd come by later with a ladder and check it out. A few hours later, my landlord was on a ladder, shining a flashlight into the crawl space. I stared up at him, half expecting something to grab him and yank him into the darkness. He angled his flashlight around, finally saying, there's nothing up here. But then he said, oh, wait. I watched as he reached into the emptiness with his free arm. And when he pulled it back, he had something small and round in his hand. He climbed down the ladder and handed it to me. 
Again, I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at. It was smooth and shiny, and at first I thought it was an old piece of candy. It was cold and too heavy to be candy. After a second, I realized it was a marble. It was so worn that I hadn't registered it as a marble at first. The shape was also sort of weird, with a little bump at the end. My landlord seemed unbothered, for the most part, and he told me to call him if I heard anything else. I went outside and headed to my office to see if I could figure anything about this marble that somehow made its way into my ceiling. I had nothing to go on, but in short, I didn't really learn much. Apparently, I did figure out the bump on the marble. I did figure out the bump on the marble, I think. Apparently, in the early 1900s, they made marbles by hand and cut them with big metal scissors, which would mean the marble is probably really old. Anyway, now that I have a decrepit old shoe and a marble sitting in my drawer, I guess this is the new normal. So that's the end of Dear David. And it kind of ends kind of blankly. It doesn't have a good ending. I mean, because yeah. it's real life. And at the end, he he just tries to live out his normal life. Because mm-hmm. at the end, he's just saying that he's not going to post about Dear David anymore because it's just causing more grief to him, basically. Right? I feel like at that point, it's out of hand. It's gotten way out of hand. Right. It's like he couldn't reel it back in. Have you looked anything else up about this guy? What was his name? Adam Ellis? Adam Ellis, I believe. And I think, don't quote me on it, but I think he was a uh, cartoonist for BuzzFeed at one yeah. point. So all this could be completely made up. Yeah. Boogie dookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any last words for this episode? Mm, not really. Okay, so I made a post on Facebook asking if anyone had any weird childhood costumes. And I got a few responses. Would you like to hear them? I would love to hear them. <laughs> Some of them are pretty funny. Okay, I'm not going to name any names, but um, if you know me, you know probably know who these people are. Uh, one of my friends said uh, Sporty Spice. She was obsessed, uh, and it turned out it turned out she was really just in love with Sporty Spice. <laughs> so I feel about Claire Danes. I was like, oh, Claire Danes. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. I'm in love with her. <laughs> Queer defining moment when you're like, oh, holy shit. I like the same gender mm-hmm. or multiple genders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And then another friend of mine said, Another friend of mine said uh, that she was a blue vampire. And then she goes on to say, I really wanted to use the face paint that year, but I also really wanted to wear cape and fangs. A vampire with a blue face. Okay. Well. <laughs> and then she says, sorry, I don't have any pictures. Um, <laughs> we need a picture. It didn't happen if there are no pictures. It did not happen. <laughs> Another friend said, Barney. Uh, <laughs> I love you. You love- Whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, another friend said Elvis. Sorry, Elvis is just really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, someone else said Seth Gecko, uh, in From Dusk Until Dawn. Okay, so there's one more response, and it goes For some unfortunate reason, my mom let me go as Cleopatra, which isn't too terrible on the surface, but I was wearing a dress that was probably a bit inappropriate for my age. I was 12. It was the last time I went trick-or-treating until I had kids. Ha 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 ha. (laughs) (laughs) You poor soul. (laughs) That's great. Man, you know what? I hope I never do that to my kids. And they don't go as like a blue vampire, which honestly, a blue vampire sounds really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So this year, 
I we're going to two separate places. The first place we're gonna hit up the zoo, and I'm just gonna go as a witch, like a basic witch, <laughs> you know, witch please. That's gonna be me. Uh, I'm probably just gonna literally pick something from the closet, but I'll just wear something all black. Yeah, you'll you know? figure something out. That's like my go-to costume because I have literally everything in my wardrobe that fits a witch. You got witchy accessories. <laughs> it's true. And so on actual Halloween, we're going to my parents' house because our neighborhood goes crazy, like I said. And I'm dressing up as an avocado, but it's like an avocado that has a battery pack in it and it like it, it inflates. I'm going to post a picture so I, you guys can see. I need pictures. I'm not sure what I'm going as this year, but I have an idea. I'm trying to convince Rusty mm-hmm. to um, to go with me as, you know that SNL skit? I think it's like David Pumpkins or something. Yes. I want to go as a skeleton. And I, wanna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you were like, oh, yeah. Cause... I don't remember that, but maybe. Or maybe it was at work. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but... My partner is going to go as Ned Flanders. He's got the costume all picked out, which that little booger, we were supposed to go together. I specifically bought the avocado costume because he was going to go as toast. So now I'm stuck with his avocado costume. Well, he gets to be Ned Flanders. Lame. Rude. Lame. Lame. That's all, folks. (laughs) That's all she wrote. Oh my God. I don't want it to end though. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to keep going and keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. But every good thing has to come to an end sometime. Yeah. Bye. Bye. The music in this podcast is by the band The Daddios. This is Kelly. And I'm Arlo. And you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul. We'll see you next time. Is this it? Is this the end? Bye. Mm-hmm.